Welcome to the Taking Care of Business podcast. My name is Jess Tillman, and I'm the retail training editor with the North American Hardware and Paint Association. Did you know that 46% of today's workforce is made up of young millennials and Gen Zers, according to a recent Gallup poll? Today, I'm excited to share with you the ways retailers are forging a career in the home improvement industry. NHPA got a chance to speak with two retailers, Marty Ellison of Miller Hardware Company and Josiah Gates of the Obishan Company. Ellison and Gates spoke about each of their career paths in the hardware industry and offered insight into best practices for how to find and develop new talent. On top of that, you'll learn how Ellison and Gates support their employees as they establish home improvement retail careers that will last them for years to come. When Marty Ellison, the director of retail operations for Miller Hardware Company in Valdosta, Georgia, began working at the Home Depot in 1992, he never expected to have a long-standing career in the home improvement industry. I started with Home Depot when I was, I believe I was 20. So um, that was the beginning of my hardware um, background. But while I was in school, um, I was studying towards a degree in horticulture. So the garden industry was more um, my uh, expertise uh, going in with Home Depot. Mm -hmm. Obviously, with Home Depot, you know, you get exposed to the whole store, so to speak, but it was always a focus of the garden center. But I spent, almost, I think it was 11 years with them. So I, um, as I moved up within the ranks of the company, I, you know, I had to work in other departments and taking on supervisory roles and whatnot exposed me to more than just the garden center. Okay. What was it like working at Home Depot? I was with them um, from 92 to, I believe it was uh, 2003, 2003. It was 02. Yeah, 02 or 03. But anyway, um, I kind of got to see the very, uh, the beginning part of my career with them. It was still a relatively small company um, compared to what it is today. Mm -hmm. A very, um, Stores ran independently on their own to some degree. Um, lots of creativity, entrepreneurship type spirit. So it was it was a lot of fun for me. I enjoyed the the creative process of you know seeing something grow. In two thousand, the Home Depot had a major shift in leadership, which sparked changes across the company. As I, time went on. Um, Arthur Blake and Bernie Marcus kind of stepped aside from the business and Bob Nardelli took over. Mm -hmm. So it was very different. Um, culture impacted very heavily. So that, but anytime a company gets that large, there, there's a shift like that that's going to happen. So, yeah. But all in all, it was really the, uh, the beginning foundation of working in the retail hardware industry that, uh, that I learned a lot from. So I'm thankful for that. Following his tenure at the Home Depot, Ellison moved to Lowe's in 2003. Well, after I left Home Depot and, uh, and I worked, uh, um, I moved on and worked for Lowe's for about six years. Okay. Um, capacity, uh, going and doing the same things. Uh, the, 
after my last was with Lowe's for about six years, and I kind of after that I left the, that industry altogether. Um, and I still was in the home improvement industry, but I was an estimator for a glass company. Ellison wasn't sure if he wanted to go back into the hardware industry while he was working as a glass estimator, but that changed when he became friends with Jonathan Miller, fourth-generation family member and one of the current owners of Miller Hardware Company in Valdosta, Georgia. Here in Valdosta, uh, one of our owners, Jonathan Miller, um, we, we were friends prior to me coming to work for him, and and one day we just struck up a conversation um, about my history, and um, they were in need of someone who kind of had my skill set. Um, so we started talking about it, and, and they said, you know, he's, you know, offered me a position, so I made the transition, and here we are today. Marty Ellison began as the store manager for Miller Hardware Company and has worked his way up to his current position as director of retail sales. So uh, I have, uh, I've actually been with the company for going on my ninth year now, but Miller Hardware Company uh, started in 1908. Mm-hmm. We are currently on the fourth generation of ownership. Um, Jonathan Miller and Richard Miller, um, they're both brothers, and uh, they kind of took the reins of the company from their father. Um, I would say it was about five or six years ago. So it's a, uh, it's, we have, we have three different divisions essentially, um, a retail division, a industrial division, and an e-commerce division. Okay. Uh, and we kind of have a, you know, multi-approach and market, um, process that we, uh, categorize our customers, so to speak. But, um, we basically operate out of two locations in Mount Austin. Um, and the one store at the north end of town is our more of our retail um, partner, so to speak, and we are co-op with Ace. So, um, and our downtown location is more of our industrial customer base, um, and that's kind of like our, our parent store. Um, all of our administrative offices are at the downtown location, but we are what is called, we are an ACE dealer there as well, but we are called what the, an IDR, which is an independently branded retailer. Um, so we do not fly the ACE flag, however, we do participate from a perspective of buying and things of that nature through them. So, okay. But the company really uh, established in the early 1900s in a town just north of us called Lakeland, Georgia. And it was a, uh, um, I want to say it was in the 20s or 30s. Um, so Mrs. Miller wanted to move to Valdosta, which was a bigger town at the time, and still is. So they picked up, and, and it was, you know, only about a 30-mile, um, you know, Truck ride, I guess you would say, but, yeah. uh, but it pulled that out of uh, the Lakeland area. So that's where where they planted in downtown Valdosta, and we've been there ever since. Growing up in a small community, Josiah Gates became friends with staff members at his local Obishan Company store in St. Johnsburg, Vermont. Yeah, so I I don't even know if I've shared this story with Jillian, so <laughs> this may be a little fact finding for you, Jillian. But um, so I do everything on the uh, like 
started working for the company in 1995 uh, when I graduated from high school. Uh, I had the opportunity to work for the company before then, but I was in high school and I was also doing a lot of odd job type things. It was just making money on the side. So uh, when I graduated from high school, uh, I began to work for the Obershawn for the Obershawn company. Um, and how did that come about? So I come from a large family. Um, there's seven kids and uh, two sets of twins. And on every Sunday, we go to church. We, I grew up on a family farm in Vermont, and uh, we raised Hereford cows. And every Sunday after church, uh, the boys would go to the hardware store, and the girls would go grocery shopping. And uh, Every so I go in and we get what we needed to do repairs on the farm, and then uh, I got a liking to the uh, store manager there, whose name was Pat Huzzy, and he just started asking me, when it, you know, I enjoyed going in there, I enjoyed the people that worked there, and I enjoyed the culture and the feel of the store, and I said, ah, maybe when I get out of high school, I'll come work for you. And uh, I was kind of at a crossroads as to where I wanted to go to college at the time. And, uh, you know, so I applied to a lot of different schools and I looked at a lot of different schools. And then I ended up staying uh, close to home. And I was able, I did stay on campus my first year, but I went to college in a town right next to our store in uh, St. Johnsbury. So it worked out well where I could go to college and work part time. Uh, I began as just a part-time employee working in the store and uh, just enjoyed the experience of working with people. Uh, I enjoyed uh, solving customers' problems um, with my background of just growing up on a farm. And uh, that's how I started with Obershot Hardware. It's kind of a unique story. And then when I graduated from college, um, I have a uh, degree in small business management, an associate's degree in small business management, and a bachelor's in business administration. After graduating college, Josiah Gates wasn't sure what he wanted to do, pursue a career at another business, or stay with Obishan. In 2000, I graduated from college because I wanted to be the class of 2000. And, uh, and uh, I'm just joking there, but... Um, and I was kind of at a crossroads, so I polished up my resume and I loaded it out there in a couple of places. And I actually got a job offer from Orbis um, to be a control buyer for Orbis. And I was like, well, do I want to relocate or am I happy with what I'm doing? And is there a career opportunity with the Obershaw company? And uh, I turned down the uh, offer that I had from Orbis and I continued my career with the Obershaw company. And... Uh, became a store manager for 10 years. During Gates' 10 years leading a store, the Obishan Company transitioned from its third-generation leaders, Willem E. Obishan III and M. Marcus Moran Jr., to fourth-generation leaders, Bill Obishan and Marcus Moran. Both took an interest in Gates as more than a store leader. Uh, Marcus referred to me as a diamond in the rough, um, is what he would call me, and... Uh, I started to um, do uh, leadership training, uh, attending executive meetings, uh, developing some programs in the company, and uh, just started to inter-network uh, with 
the executive team. And then there came a time about in 2012 where um, I had to make a decision whether to relocate uh, my, my wife who we were having our first newborn or continue what I was doing as a store manager. And I was uh, looking for some new challenges and I made the transition to the director of uh, retail ops. And then uh, in the last 10 years, I've held various positions um, around operations. Um, I played a big part in unwinding our distribution center. And then I took on the role of product, vice president of product. I developed a lot of new programs in the company. And I noticed that's a question a little later on where uh, I held a retail innovation title at one time where I brought in a lot of new uh, exciting programs to help the company grow. And now I uh, was recently named chief operating officer of the company. So I've gone from part-time to chief operating officer in 27 years. So it's been um, a great career for me. Gates continued to add to the Obishan Company's story history. Uh, the company was founded in 1908. Um, we will be celebrating our uh, 115th anniversary, but uh, we have over 110 locations right now in eight states, and we're entering our ninth state, Maryland, this month. Um, so, um, and with, as a company, um, we have not entered new states until the last two years. So when you think about the Obishan company, you really think about it as like Obishan hardware in New England. And now we're, we've changed our mindset and uh, we're really focused on growth and part of the reason for uh, Jillian to come on board. When we were just, you know, a hundred stores and the New England market, kind of just operating as a status quo, but now we're looking to scale and grow as a company. As we've heard from both Ellison and Gates about their careers within the hardware industry, it's important to look at the current work climate. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, in August of 2022, there were large numbers of individuals quitting their jobs, especially in the healthcare and retail industries. This trend emerged at the end of 2021 and has remained steady ever since, often being referred to as the great resignation or quiet quitting. This doesn't mean that individuals don't want to work. Instead, it's a shift in how employees view their work-life balance. Looking once again at the Gallup poll titled Four Things Gen Z and Millennials Expect from Their Workplace, there are four benefits younger generation workers now expect from their workplace. First, they want an employer who cares about their well-being. Workers want to be seen as more than a simple employee and want to be seen as a whole person who has a life outside of work. Second, young workers expect ethical leaders. This not only includes business owners and CEOs, but also individuals in other management and leadership positions who will continue to perform ethically in both their actions and relationships within the workplace. Third, having open and transparent communication among all levels of employees is crucial for younger generations. This helps keep all employees on the same page and understand what is happening in the company and how each individual contributes to the operation. And finally, 
There is an emphasis for the younger workforce on leaders who support a culture found on a diverse and inclusive workspace. Knowing these four key factors in the midst of continuing labor challenges can set businesses apart from one another. Therefore, retailers need to be creative in how they promote an open role, positioning it as more than simply a job, but as a potential career an employee can invest their time and talent into. Businesses need to explain the benefits of their operations to potential employees, including discussing things such as health insurance or a 401k. Plus, finding an employer who has a vision for the impact an employee can make within the company and the community itself is a big selling point. We offer your traditional, you know, insurance and 401k. That's that's relatively run of the bell to me. Mm-hmm. But, but I also think that the putting our people first. Um, we do have high standards about a lot of things and we have high expectations and we do. There is a sense of accountability that we do hold with people, but at the same time, um, it is more of a family environment that we, that we try to foster with all of our staff. So there's no doubt that that component of the culture is, is extremely strong. Working in home improvement retail can mean working long hours including evenings and weekends. So retailers need to show how the industry can be a rewarding experience, especially for those who love to help others solve problems and have an eye for detail. I think you have to market specifically to a person's abilities. So uh, one thing that is a major difference from what I started to now is the marketing aspect of um, our businesses, particularly in uh, the e-commerce world mm-hmm. and media, um, you, you just about have to have, you know, a couple of people on staff that really specialize in that. So um, I think the opportunities uh, now compared to 20 or 25 years ago, um, you know, we, we have a director of marketing and, and they have a couple of people that work underneath them to help formulate formulate strategy from social media presence and things like that. When you identify the right people that come in and take them and cultivate them and find out what makes them tick, that's kind of how we grow um, our um, our bench, I guess you would say. Um, but to market those people specifically, um, God, I, I wish there was a good answer on that because I, I don't think there's a, a check every box type format for that. Mm-hmm. We we do try to bring people in somewhat in entry level areas. Uh, we interview people based off a lot of uh, things, not so not always so much from a uh, experience side point, but more from a character side point that we um, that we want to attract people that are uh, part of our community. Um, have good moral upstanding uh, traits that we can translate to our customer base. So, um, the from a marketability standpoint, also, um, I feel like the quality of life that we can uh, present to people um, in terms of our hours of operation. Um, we're not open on Sundays, you know, things of that nature that we can help build a better. Um, home life for someone to have time with their family. That's always very important. Mm-hmm. That a lot of companies, especially in the retail industry, they they 
they gobble up all the time they can because of their hours of operation. Whereas we, we have a lot of flex time. We, we want people to be home with their families and, and uh, not let work be the dominant force that they uh, have to always think about. With Home Depot and Lowe's, you know, you would have to arrive at work at, you know, 5 a.m. to open the store by 6 and mm-hmm. on, you know, the store didn't close till 9 or 10 at night and you, you know, people would be there till midnight and that's just not a, that's not a good environment for people that have families, you know. For Gates, sharing stories of how other employees turn their jobs into a career is a great way to show potential employees how they can do the same. He also put a large emphasis on the company's culture and how that can make or break a business from the start. This is our Obishan company website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it talks a lot about who we are, but we also have a thing about careers right at the top here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it gives history on the company, our purpose, uh, and, uh, and will. And, <clears throat> and then we're growing, you know, so apply now. So right on our uh, company website, the Obishan company website, mm-hmm. we really focus on careers and review open positions and apply now. So we have this avenue as well as our uh, company website, hardwarestore.com. Uh, this is more for the customer-facing website. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, as you scroll down here, uh, join our team. We're always looking for winning talent. And, you know, a couple of people, this is from a recent acquisition earlier this year. But, you know, so we really try to call it out on our uh, digital platforms. Recently, the Obishan company hired Jillian Monmarquette as the chief people officer. She brings to the company a continued focus on people, culture, and training as the company continues to grow. I've been with the Obishan company for almost six months now. So I joined the team in August of last year, uh, really as a new strategic HR role for the organization. And I think what's unique and what attracted me to the Obishan company was there's just so many companies that claim to be people first or people minded. And very few actually follow that up with actions. And so when I interviewed and was looking for my next opportunity, the focus on people was really important to me, probably more so than the industry or the end product or goal. And meeting with uh, Josiah, Will, and Jeff, you know, it became really clear to me that they start and end every conversation around team and people and how do we kind of continue to cultivate and maintain this culture that has been built. So happy to join the team. And really, uh, my role is to look to how can we build a foundational HR function uh, along with organizational development to really support the growth that the company anticipates in the future. So I bring with me 15 years of executive HR leadership background. Um, primarily building and scaling teams for high-growth companies. Um, I'm traditionally brought on at critical inflection points, so kind of a lot of work on quickly uh, shoring up foundation and scalability. Uh, also heavy focus on uh, really employee experience uh, and culture and making sure that that's maintained. We absolutely use um, you know traditional avenues, indeed, social media, that kind of thing. Historically, a lot of recruiting happened at store level. So as Josiah mentioned, he had a relationship with a store manager and that store manager really engaged with him. And that happens through community outreach often 
And so traditionally, a lot of recruiting has happened at store level through community outreach and through really ambassadors of the company that talk about their experience. Uh, we're in the midst of transforming our platform. Uh, we've signed on with a company called Tinom, and they basically help um, companies tell their story and their employee value proposition through things like workplace experience, videos, that kind of thing. And through there, um, you know, we'll be able to engage with, with really candidates, uh, almost like you would engage on Google or as through a shopping experience. So with chatbots and really neat features that look more at skill set and matching you to the job opportunities that may be available, but also allows us to focus on building our bench. So we have a manager and training program we're constantly hiring for so that we will be prepared to expand at the, the rate that we're expecting to. So we're kind of in the midst of a transformation into the digital age, but we want to maintain the focus on this employee value proposition, which is you're joining a family and it's real and we're in the community and we know people. So a lot of our outreach will continue to be kind of on the ground. Both Ellison and Gates have different entrances and career paths in their journeys in the hardware industry. But one thing has kept them with their respective companies for so long, a strong company culture. One of our, our slogans that we have on a lot of things is uh, uh, our desires to be your most ethical hardware trade source. So uh, we want people to be ethical. I don't want to get, I don't want to put a statement that lumps me into a way of thinking of that people don't want to work anymore. I think that we encounter stuff like that in every generation, in every time frame, you know. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the day, there's way more, you know, a drastically larger amount of good quality workers that are available. It's we have to just sell our business um, and employment better to have a strong. Similar to Ellison, Gates says offering a stable, ethical, and inclusive workplace is the foundation of a good company culture. Mon Marquette explains further. Yeah, I think that Josiah touched on it a little bit. The Obasan difference is really all about how we make people feel, and, and that's through their, their experience and their actions. And you spoke a little bit about employee engagement. Um, we engage our customers and our employees. And so uh, my experience coming into the organization, especially as a new HR person, I spent a lot of time interviewing our team. You know, what's the good? What's the bad? What can I do to help? Where are the, you know, where are the pitfalls? Where are the potholes? What do I need to look for? How can we get better? And what I came to find conversation after conversation was folks uh, really talking about how well they've been treated. They do feel like part of the family. The benefit programs have been designed for what our team has needed. It wasn't uncommon for an employee who needed something to call up to one of the Obishans and say, hey, my family's going through XYZ. And the response was, let's change the plan so that it covers whatever you need. Um, we have an employee, uh, you know, grant fund. It's called the Brand Fund that team members contribute to. Um, that funding, you know, is available for anyone to tap into. So we show up for people as if they're the whole person. And every time I ask questions, where are the potholes? I, I got the sense that if somebody asked any one of our team members to dig a hole, you know, the size of their body, they would just do it without asking because that's how committed people are and that's how much trust and faith they have in the senior team. Um, and, you know, coming in from an industry that was a little bit more corporate and a little bit more cutthroat, like what you experienced, Jeff, I, I kept saying, okay, well, when am I going to get someone who tells me the truth? You know, who's going to break? And uh, I haven't found it. And I haven't found it because it doesn't exist. And my experience has been very much that 
this company is overly generous with its time, its resources, and its care for its people. Um, and that makes my job real easy. For both companies, they prioritize having an educated workforce. This is done in a variety of ways through NHPA's Academy for Retail Development. These training programs, including everything from retail basics to management principles, helps each individual employee be the best they can be. Beyond encouraging employees to participate in online training courses, Ellison and Gates have both taught various courses in NHPA's Retail Management Certification Program. Ellison speaks on the big box retailer perspective with his long history with the Home Depot and Lowe's. The NHPA has been, without question, over the course of oh, almost 10 years that we've been involved with, uh, with y'all, that it's, we've had multiple uh, staff members go through the uh, RMCP program. Mm-hmm. I was a former student of it. Uh, I visit back during each class and help teach a small section of it with Scott Wright. So uh, our engagement of that is um, very, very valuable to us. So uh, I, I would say that in the in the most recent history, that some of the tools we have uh, been able to capture from the HPA um, are part, part of the storyline of our success that we've um, experienced. Gates focuses on encouraging each student to go above and beyond what they thought they were capable of doing by sharing his real-life retail experiences and the journey of growing in the industry. As you know, I'm heavily involved with the NHPA and the Retail Certificate Management Program. Mm -hmm. And I think I've been doing that uh, for 10 years, uh, the teaching for 10 years. And part of that is giving back, uh, NHPA giving back to the Obershawn Company with the uh, Moran Fund, which helps our employees, which so it helps our people and the way we make them feel. Showing employees a career path for them in your operation takes time and investment, but can pay off in the long run with retention and future hiring. Offering various training programs, even just the basics of merchandising, selling hardline categories and customer service, show employees they matter to the business. If they matter, then they are more likely to invest in the operation. Thank you for listening to this episode of Taking Care of Business podcast, featuring two outstanding leaders in our industry. If you'd like to read more about these retailers, check out the April feature story of Hardware Retailing Magazine. To read this issue online, go to connect.yournhpa.org.